Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Joe Riccardi, the pastor of our Lincoln Park location. Throughout this season, we want to create something consistent that would add even a little sense of rhythm to life. So we've created The Daily Cut, short biblical devotions that we now post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We hope you're encouraged and challenged in your walk with Jesus as a result of these devotions. That's our prayer. This is Daily Cut, and I'm Joe Riccardi. And so I do hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week, uh, the one on Monday, as we have uh, started a new little uh, mini-series on Old Testament minor prophets. Today, I will take a stab at what I suspect is probably the most well-known of the minor prophets, the book of Jonah. A lot of us know it as a, as the story of Jonah, the guy, the fish, the whale guy, the guy who was put in the mouth of a whale for three days. And I suspect we may not know much more than that. I'm not sure how, how to condense such a uh, such a a, a, a short book uh, without pulling out some key verses in each of the four chapters. Uh, this book was written by Jonah himself around the time of 793 to 753 B.C. And as I've reread it in its entirety, which I would encourage you to do today, it's not going to take you more than maybe six minutes, five minutes, seven minutes. Um, this book is so rich. It's got so many great nuggets in it. So I just uh, challenge you, take take some time today and read it. I'm just going to uh, go through some verses from each chapter, highlight some major themes, and hopefully challenge us along the way. So let me pray. Uh, Lord, bless uh, this uh, reading of Jonah or, or, or this, this devotional time together that we have today, Lord, no matter where any uh, listener may be, that pray that your Holy Spirit would meet us where we're at and we would hear from you and be encouraged to want to know our God and our Savior more. In Christ's name, amen. Jonah chapter one, the theme is Jonah flees from the presence of the Lord. We see this three times. So I want to read the first four verses. Now, when the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So Jonah is being sent on mission here to go to Nineveh. But Jonah, we're told in verse 3, rose to flee to Tarshish, opposite direction, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, again, away from the presence of the Lord. So here we're told twice there by the author, Jonah is going away from the presence of the Lord. He gets on the ship. There's a great wind. Uh, there's other people on the ship, other sailors. Um, and they realize something's up with this guy. And the men were exceedingly afraid when all this was happening and said to him, uh, what is this that you have done? Why is all this happening? All this evil has come upon us. For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them. So again, this theme keeps coming up, fleeing from the presence of the Lord. We, we need to understand this uh, from this first chapter. Jonah wanted nothing to do with the assignment God had for him, Right? I want to get away from that. I don't want to go preach to the people of Nineveh who are uh, evil. 
I don't want to go there and, and give them the gospel message. And, and here's the reality, friends, though. There is actually nowhere we can go to flee from the presence of the Lord. Jonah might have had some idea that he thought he could have, but he actually couldn't. I don't know how I couldn't bring up Psalm 139, which is a wonderful psalm, but actually the psalmist addresses this uh, when he says in verse 7, uh, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Verse 7, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even where there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So here the psalmist is making clear what Jonah didn't fully understand. You, you, you can't flee from the presence of the Lord. It's not possible. He's everywhere. And so maybe today for someone listening, you need to hear this. Maybe you think uh, you can do that. Maybe you're attempting right now to flee from the Lord. Might God be using this podcast and this story of Jonah as an invitation not to flee from God, but to draw near to him. To walk in his grace, to walk in his grace, to receive his embrace, to be a recipient of his mercy. Amen. Amen. In verse 17, then, kind of the part that we all know about is verse when we're told in verse 17. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So there it is. There's the verse that we know. Uh, so many of us know verse uh, chapter one, verse 17, Jonah gets swallowed up in the belly of the fish. Chapter two, Jonah's prayer in the belly of the fish. That's what chapter two is all about. So I'm not going to read the whole prayer, just a couple of verses. Verse eight, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. There's some truth there, friends, for us, friend, for me, for you. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. So even now we could ask the Lord, would you what are the idols that our hearts cling to God? We don't want to pay regard to them. We want to forsake them. We want to turn from them and turn to the Lord. Because, excuse me, we do not want to forsake your steadfast love. So help us. Let that be our prayer. And let us say with verse 9, like Jonah says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, God, we give you thanks for this day. And so with our voices of thanksgiving, we will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay, because salvation belongs to you. That is the clear teaching of Scripture, that which Jonah knew, that salvation is found in no one else but in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above every name. Right? We read that in Philippians 2. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then we're told in verse 10 that the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Jonah chapter 3. Summary here. Jonah preaches. The people repent. God relents. All right. So here it is. Verse two. Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it. 
the message that I tell you. Verse 3, Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. You remember chapter 1? He fleed according to the word of the Lord. Now we're told that Nineveh was a great, an exceedingly great city, maybe like Chicago. Three days' journey in breath. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then listen to this in verse 5. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on cloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And then we read in verse 10, when the God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. What a God. God saw the genuineness of their repentance, turning from their wicked ways, looking to his provision. And God said, no disaster. And so even this morning, or whenever we might be listening to this on this Wednesday, um, maybe this is for some of us. Maybe you're just seeking Jesus. You're seeking Christianity. And you have an invitation today, just like the Ninevites did, to turn to Christ, to, to um, turn, turn from the idols of your heart, turn from your evil way and look to the Lord and to look to him. And experience the salvation God offers. And then even for those of us, again, who are knowing, who know Jesus and trust him, may God in his mercy give us the grace to turn from our evil, whatever evil ways we might be pursuing, if we are, and look to him. Okay, verse chapter four. Here it is. End of the story, right? Last chapter. We're going to see here the heart of Jonah and the heart of God. So you got to imagine Jonah would be pumped up right now. Wow, look how God has used me, right? Right. Jonah goes, he's preaching the message. He's got to be all fired up. These people turn like, wow, what power in my message. But unfortunately, that's not what we see. Jonah in chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. So Jonah was displeased and angry because the people turned from their wicked ways and turned to God. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Think about this, friends. Think about Jonah's heart and God's heart. Jonah went to go preach this message. Nineveh, repent, turn from your wicked ways. And they actually turn. And God was merciful to them. This upsets Jonah. What does this reveal about his heart? Right? It it doesn't seem that he has experienced himself the deep grace of God, because when one experiences it, nothing brings them greater joy than to see others experience it. And he even knew about the heart of God, right? Look at this declaration. What a great declaration, Fry. He's upset. Why? 
because I know who you are, God. I know that you are a gracious God and a merciful God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. You're right, Jonah. That's who God is. Right. What a wonderful God we serve. What a great description of who it is that we worship. Right. A gracious God and merciful. Hear this, friends, today. This is who we bow before God, a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. And Jonah had a problem with that. And so I pray today as we hear of this God and reminded afresh of who he is, that this would be the, uh, the, the only true God would draw us to himself. And, and we would receive great comfort this, this day of knowing who it is that we bow before. What a kind God, what a loving God that we, um, that we bow before. So we're, we're, we see Jonah's heart, we see God's heart. And the rest of the story we're told, uh, that Jonah was upset and he flees someplace and, and he actually, uh, it's so hot he, uh, that he, he uh, puts himself underneath a plant that covers him that actually God appointed a plant for him to make it kind of like a shade over his head. And, and then the next day, uh, God sends a worm to go attack the plant. It's withered. So the sun rises and it's kind of burning, uh, Jonah. And, uh, and he says, it's better for me to die than to live. And then the book ends with, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. You pity the plant. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from the left and also much cattle. And that's into the book. What a powerful exhortation from the Lord. He's appealing to Jonah. He's appealing to me. Look at my heart. Know something of my heart. I want to see these people saved, right? Oh, you have to read uh, Dane Ortland's new book. Please get that book. It's called Gentle and Lowly. If you put it in Google, I just read a chapter on, on, on God's – the whole chap, the whole book is on God's heart, on Christ's heart. It's so powerful. But he talks about God's natural disposition is mercy, not judgment. And here we even get a picture of that. He desires these folks to be saved, to know him. May we have that same desire, friends, for folks of our – friends of ours in our lives and families who don't know him that we would have that compassion, that we would mimic God by exhibiting his compassion to those who don't know his saving grace, that we would be slow, uh, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, rich. We would be just demonstrations of that as we see this so powerfully from this book. So before I end, I do have to um, – Quote Jesus here real fast, because Jesus actually brings up the story of Jonah in Matthew chapter 12. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. In Matthew 12, he answered a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish. 
So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. Jesus affirmed Jonah. He affirmed him being in the fish of the whale. And, and, and people repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. The preaching of grace, the preaching of the gospel, that whoever would look to the Son and believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So I invite any here who have not trusted in the saving grace of God in the face of Jesus Christ to look to him today and believe in him. And like John 3.16 says, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. And for those of us who have experienced this everlasting life, may it be a great our greatest sense of joy today. And we tell others about it. The Lord be with you. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Join us again on Friday for our next devotional. God bless you.